Hello everyone, this is Donna Miller with the Vote Voiced Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about H.R. 1 for the People Act of 2021. It's passed the House and it has been sent to the Senate. Thank you everyone for joining me. This is Donna Miller with Vote Voiced Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Vote Voice now has a page on WordPress. You can visit our website at www.votevoiced.com. And coming soon, we are going to update our website. So that is going to be wonderful. What I'm going to talk about today is the HR1 for the People Act of 2021. I just want to thank you all for joining me. And just remember that Vote Voiced is nonpartisan and Vote Voice is a 501c3 nonprofit. All your donations are very appreciated and we're out there giving information to voters so that you are informed. An informed voter will have the information they need to make that decision. Okay, so let's get started. Now, the HR1 for the People Act of 2021 passed the House on the 3rd of March, 2021. Now, I'm just going to give you a summary of this bill. Now, this bill addresses voter access, election integrity and security, campaign finance, and ethics for the three branches of government. The bill would, the bill expands voter registration, automatic and same day registration, for example, and voter access, for example, vote by mail and early voting. It also limits removing voters from voter rolls. Now, I remember used to be a time where you didn't have to worry about that. But now, if you don't vote in every election, you run the risk of having your name removed. So if you're ill or something comes up in your life, you you run the risk of not being able to vote. Now, the bill requires states to establish independent redistricting commissions to carry out congressional redistricting. Now, in the state of Michigan, people, we already have our redistricting committee. And I'm going to give you some information briefly. For example, the redistricting commission is going to meet tomorrow morning, April 15th, at 9 a.m. Now, you can sign up 
to receive information, okay, about the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. Now, I'm going to tell you something about this commission that we have here in Michigan. Now, in 2018, Michigan voters took their fate into their own hands and drastically shifted the redistricting process by uh, adopting Proposal 18-2. Instead of legislators drawing lines for their best interest, citizens would draw lines that represent their best interest and respect their historical, cultural, or economic perspectives. Now, for the first time in Michigan's history, the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission, which is M-I-C-R-C for short, will lead the redistricting process to draw fair and independent maps. Now, the M-I-C-R-C has the exclusive authority to redistrict the state under Article IV, Section 6 of the Michigan Constitution of 1963. Now, who is the MICRC? Now, the MICRC is responsible for drawing the district lines for the Michigan Congressional House and Senate. Now, the MICRC is the only entity in the state that is authorized to draw and adopt redistricting plans for the state of Michigan. It's important, people, that you attend these meetings. You can attend the meetings. You can uh, find out where they're going to meet. Just look for the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. Google it. Go to their site. They have a list of all their meetings. There's one tomorrow morning, April 15th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. There is another meeting Friday, April 16th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. There is a meeting Thursday, April 22nd from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Do you see? There are plenty of meetings. You just go to their site and sign up for a meeting, okay? one that you can attend. You can also fill out the form to speak and it's going to be on a first come first serve basis. We need to make sure that the Michigan Independent Citizens 
Redistricting Commission hears our voices about your community. You need to also understand what redistricting is and what it means to you. Okay. Now, um, let me see what other information I can give you. Okay, just give me a second. Okay. All right, now, here is the constitutional responsibilities for the MICRC. Now, before drawing any lines, the MICRC is required to hold at least 10 public hearings. Now, that's per the Michigan Constitution. And now the purpose for the public public hearings are inform the public about the redistricting process, share the purpose and responsibilities of the commission, solicit information from the public about potential redistricting plans for the Michigan uh, Congressional, House, and Senate districts. Now, the Michigan Constitution outlines the specific criteria and procedures that the MICRC must use when proposing and adopting a redistricting plan. Now, the, the, um, the criteria is the district shall be of equal population as mandated by the United States Constitution and shall comply with the Voting Rights Act and other federal laws. Now, the reason why, this is my opinion, the reason why we are in such a pickle about redistricting, gerrymandering, some people call it gerrymandering, is because some of these districts were writ- were drawn out and it forced people into a pocket of population that really isn't natural. If it were not for the districts, do you see how sometimes if you're watching on television, it's not normal. Do you see how sometimes... If you're watching the lines, the voter lines, you see all black people, only black people. Some of these lines have been drawn. If you look, sometimes you see nothing but white people. You'll see nothing but older people. They have chopped up the communities in an unnatural way, forcing people into pockets that served a particular view or politician. This is not how we live. This is not normal, okay? You might be in a community where there's just a few people of color, but that does not mean that you're not a part of the community. Look, we all are of different races and and, and ethnicities and religions and priorities and cultures okay and opinions but when I live in my community I am a part of this community 
Okay, and it's absolutely ridiculous to draw a voting district with a line down the middle of the street where one half of the street goes to one polling area and the other half of the street goes to the next. That is utter chaos and it's ridiculous. And this is why we have long lines in some areas. And in some areas, there are no lines at all. And only a few people vote there. And we think, I tell you something else. It gives us a false ideal about what's going on in our community. If you go to a polling place where there's nobody there because of the way they drew the line, maybe only a a small portion of that community is being sent to a particular space to vote. You might think, well, nobody's voting. Because you don't see the whole community because the community has been broken up. And if you see on television that there's hundreds of people in line because they have squashed hundreds of people into one polling area, you may think, oh my God, I'm not going down there. There's so many people there. But if we have fair and equal drawing of the districts, people will begin to see that there's other people in the world other than me. Everybody has different views. Instead of sticking people into one place because you want one view. Now that's my opinion. Now it says the districts shall be geographically contiguous. Island areas are contiguous by land to the county of which they are a part. It says districts shall reflect the state's diverse population and communities of interest. Communities of interest may include but shall not be limited to populations that share cultural or historical characteristics or economic interest. Communities of interest do not include relationships with political parties, incumbents, or political candidates. Districts shall not provide a disproportionate advantage to any political party. A disproportionate advantage to a political party shall be determined using accepted measures of partisan fairness. Districts shall not favor or disfavor an incumbent elected official or a candidate. Districts shall reflect consideration of county, city, and township boundaries. Districts shall be reasonably compact. After developing at least one plan for each type of district, there will be a second round of public hearings. The MICRC is required to hold 
at least five public hearings throughout the state for the purpose of soliciting comment from the public about the proposed plans being considered for redistricting the Michigan Congressional House and Senate districts. The Constitution also requires that before the MICRC votes on any redistricting plan, it must publish the plans and provide a minimum of 45 days for public comment on the proposed plan or plans. To adopt a final redistricting plan, it needs a majority vote of the MICRC that includes at least two commissioners who affiliate with each major party and two commissioners who do not affiliate with each major party. If this is unattainable, the commission will follow the procedures outlined in the Constitution to adopt the final maps. Okay, now right now, due to COVID-19, the meetings are taking place virtually. And once in-person meetings are restored, the MICRC will meet across the state of Michigan. Now, visit them. Get this information to find out the meeting locations and times. You're going to go to www.michigan.gov. M-I-C-R-C to find out the meeting locations and times. Now we are ahead of the game. We did this in 2018. We should be proud of ourselves as a state and as a democracy in Michigan proud to be voters and we should not want anyone to take away our freedom of voting voter suppression you guys you know is my pet peeve and we should not have anything to impede our ability to vote Now, let me go ahead and finish H.R. 1. Now, additionally, the bill sets forth provisions related to election security, including sharing intelligence information with state election officials, supporting states in securing their election systems, developing a national strategy to protect U.S. democratic institutions, establishing in the legislative branch the National Commission to Protect United States Democratic Institutions and other provisions to improve the cybersecurity of election systems. Further, the bill addresses campaign finance, including by expanding the prohibition on campaign spending by foreign nationals requiring 
additional disclosure of campaign-related fundraising and spending, requiring additional disclaimers regarding certain political advertising and establishing an alternative campaign funding system for certain federal offices. Well, we remember when he who will not be named were saying, you know, hey, it's all right to cheat when it comes to, you know, winning an election. Well, this will prevent anybody from cheating. Okay, we need to make sure that we do not have outside money influencing our elections because we, the people, are the ones who support our candidates, who um, support whatever cause we want to support or not support. We, the people, are the ones who give you our vote. We do not want anyone telling us how to vote. We, we don't want that, okay? Further, oh, see, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me go here. Almost lost my place. Okay, now the bill addresses ethics. Whoa, ethics in all three branches of government, including by requiring a code of conduct for Supreme Court justices, prohibiting members of the House from serving on the board for a for-profit entity, and establishing additional conflict of interest and ethics provision for federal employees and the White House. Now, this bill requires the president, the vice president, and certain candidates for those offices to to disclose 10 years of tax returns. Wow. Oh, people, people. Isn't it wonderful? Do you see the power we have in our vote? Your vote is your voice. You need to make voting your lifestyle. You need to make sure that you vote in every election. If you are in Michigan, please make sure you're registered, okay? Please make sure you know where your precinct is. Please remind three friends to vote. Please make your voting plan. Even if it's a school board election, we have millages, school boards, mayors, races. There are some special races. You need to make sure that as a citizen of whatever state you live in, if you're listening to this, and you're not in the state of Michigan, that's okay. Listen and learn and apply it to the state you're in. If you do not have a redistricting commission, you know, it must be somewhere you can find out what's going on in your state. Let's hope that HR1 passes the Senate. It is sorely needed. You know, if your daddy gave you four cookies and he said one is for you one is for your brother 
one is for your cousin and one is for your aunt. Now, later on in the day, he comes back and he says, oh, how was the cookies? You have eaten up all the cookies. Nobody even knew you had the cookies. Come on now, are you going to be trusted with the cookies in the future? The states had their opportunity to run their elections fairly and without voter suppression. Now we see that there are, what, 48, 43 states, something like that. There are 200 and something different bills around the country to support voter suppression. Guess what, people? The states cannot be trusted with our civil liberty of voting. It can't. Because it's, it's the states are run by people. And so basically, we're going to be on a seesaw for the rest of our democratic life because it just depends on what Joe Blow or Nancy Baloney comes in and starts running our government. And not all people are good and honest. We have seen that. You're lucky if you got a good person running your state. You need to make sure that the people you're voting for have that ethics. But there's no guarantee. Somebody can slip through that doesn't have any moral compass. So we need to just pray to God that H.R. 1 passes. But in the meantime, we cannot sit on our laurels waiting for H.R. 1 to pass. We need to attend these redistricting committees. We need to make sure that we stand up and make our voices heard against these voter suppression bills. Okay? I want to thank everybody for joining me today. I know your time is precious and I thank you for your time. This is Donna Miller with Vote Voice Broadcast, uh, podcast people. Vote Voice Podcast. Uh, we are 501c3 nonprofit. And I thank you for everything that you do. I thank you for all of the messages you send. I thank you for uh, all of the donations that you send. We put it to very good use. And I just, I'm just honored that you're here. Look, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm doing everything I can to get that information out to you. Hey, we're going to be having a brand new uh, look to our website soon. That's coming up. So, you know, keep, I'm going to send out a little message and I'll let you know when the brand new website is up. We're just so excited. Um, and I don't know, it's just wonderful to just be here to talk to you today. And I'm just going to say goodbye And you guys have a wonderful day. Hello. My name is Donna. And this is Hope Voice. I'm attending the Michigan 
Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. And so what I want to do is spend some time allowing you to hear what's going on at a public hearing in Dearborn. I am number 13 as far as giving a talk, just to give my testimony. And so you have two minutes to do that. This redistricting commission is very important. It is important for Michiganers. Sorry, you will be to um, know asked to unmute yourself. what is going on. Um, I think we have, we have one virtual, so you'll be asked so to I am just going to let this run. And if this audio comes out well, then I will turn this into a podcast. Okay, at this time, for purposes of the public record, um, our virtual public comment is not present. So we do not have public comment for this portion of the meeting. Thank you for being patient. We will now move to item six on the agenda, which is unfinished business. And without objection, we'll have our general counsel um, come to us and provide an update on legal staff and litigation requests for proposals. Hearing none, General Counsel, you can proceed. Thank you very much, Madam Chair, and thank you to Dearborn for hosting us this evening. I have brief updates on both the Legal Staffing and Litigation Council request for proposals. The Legal Staffing procurement request was reposted on June 1st with responses due Tuesday, June 8th by 2 p.m. The language was identical to the first posting. The only thing that changed was, in fact, the posting dates. The RFP for litigation council, there were no vendor questions received by the deadline, and the proposals are due by 3 p.m. on Thursday, June 10th. Thank you. Thank you, General Counsel. Is there any further discussion on the update that she provided? I, I have one question, if I could have a form. Why was it reposted? Thank you for the Chair to finish our talk. We received no responses. Any other discussion on the item? Thank you, General Counsel. Moving on to unfinished business, agenda item 6A2. Without objection, we'll have General Counsel provide an update on a petition to Michigan Supreme Court. Hearing no objections, General Counsel, you may proceed. Thank you again, Madam Chair. Uh, the petition to the Michigan Supreme Court, we have oral arguments scheduled for June 21st. Yesterday was the deadline for the filing of the supplemental brief by petitioners that was circulated to all commissioners and is posted or should be posted uh, on the MICRC website. The briefs in support of the questions submitted by the Michigan Supreme Court 
both in the affirmative and the negative, were also provided by the Attorney General's office, and those have been circulated as well. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, General Counsel. Any discussion on what General Counsel just provided as her update? Okay, moving on to unfinished business, agenda item 6B1. Without objection, our general counsel will come to us to provide an update on expanded times for meetings and public hearings. Hearing no objection to that, general counsel, you may proceed. Thank you for the third time, Madam Chair. Uh, the line item we have before us is that last week the commission had requested options to expand this the is the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission, commission meeting. At 6 p.m., the they're going to hearings. have public hearings where people can get up and give their testimony. And I hope that I can bring that to you. I will try. Availability and cost implications and prepared a memorandum dated June 2nd from your executive director. The first topic would be the regular commission meetings. The options set forth, the first listed is the staff recommendation, which is to conduct two two-hour meetings each week in the hours ahead of the already established public hearing dates, one on Tuesday and one on Thursday. The runtime suggested would be 12 noon to 2 p.m. or 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. to allow time for setup in the morning and a break in between the meeting and the public hearing. One thing that I thought was significant was that the uh, effort that goes into MDOS staff and the time invested for the setup for the AV uh, in conjunction with our contractors, that takes about four hours in advance of a meeting. So that is why the recommended start time would be 12 or 1 p.m. The second option for regular commission meetings listed in the memo is to have a single four-hour meeting on Thursdays. The runtime would be from 12 to 4, 4 p.m., again, to allow for that setup time in the morning. And also conduct a break in between the public hearing and the commission meeting. The third option listed is meetings of any length and time on Wednesday or Friday, which may be virtually conducted through the end of June. And the last option listed is meetings of any length and time on Saturday, which also may be virtual through, through June. However, the availability of MDOS staff and some other logistical challenges may make Saturdays, we wouldn't have our normal or our, our, our normal assigned team. So that's one consideration. Another consideration for Saturday meetings that I would like to highlight is the increased cost uh, for translator and closed captioning would be 15 to 20% more than meetings held during the weekday. And Madam Chair, I think if, if you'd like to if the commission would like to discuss the regular commission meetings or I can present the public hearing options as well at this time. The 
purpose of this public hearing is to give everyone a chance to see the commission at work. So right now, we are sitting in a public meeting. Because we have a motion 
pending on the table, we would need a motion to amend. Or a separate motion. Commissioner Anthony Eade. So I, I agree with all of this motion except for moving up the latest time a member of the public can sign up to give public comments. I think 7 p.m. is too early in the day. I mean, you know, people usually get off work on Thursdays at around 5 p.m. if they're working a normal 9 to 5 job. Then it might take them some time to uh, travel to wherever we're holding the meeting. And I uh, just think 7 p.m. is too early to uh, have the public comment uh, cut off. Um, however, I am in support of starting an hour early. I don't see any harm in that. But I would suggest that we leave the final cutoff time to 8 p.m. Commissioner Clark and then Commissioner Rothmore. Yeah, I agree with Anthony on the uh, 8 o'clock time frame. However, I don't think we should start the meeting earlier um, because we've advertised it out of the communities that we're starting at 6. And uh, I don't want to confuse people and, and uh, start early. So that, that would be my opinion. Let's keep the start sign time the same and the end time uh, for sign up the same and just move forward with that. I yield. Thank you, Commissioner Clark. Commissioner Rothmore. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Aaron uh, Wagner and uh, Wayne both got their hands up for quite some time. Okay. My apologies, Commissioner Wagner and then Commissioner Lang. Um, I was going to say, I don't think it's fair to everybody that we've already had public hearings. If we start earlier instead of the six o'clock and if we um, do that, it's not fair to everybody that has had, have attended the hearings before um, because who's to say that if we had not started earlier, a lot of more people would have shown up. Thank you, Commissioner Wagner. Commissioner Wang. I have to agree with Aaron on that one, but I also have a comment for if we did start early at 5 and having the sign up still till 8 p.m., the same thing. I don't think that's fair. And I think the purpose of starting it earlier was to guarantee that we didn't go beyond our lease for the venues. So I feel like if we keep the sign up till 8 p.m., that's actually being counterproductive. So just my thought. Oh, thank you. That's a, I'll have to agree with that portion of it um, because of the length of time they were renting was a concern. I do, though, I am in favor of an earlier time for our hearing simply because I think that we have other offerings in terms of ways that folks can get involved and give comment. Um, I think it's, it's it's hard to say how folks would choose to be involved either way, but I think an earlier start time, there could be an argument that that would offer maybe more people that couldn't come before. So, Commissioner Eve. Yes, um, well, it sounds like most people are in favor of the first part of Commissioner's, Commissioner Lett's uh, motion. I'm wondering if he might want to uh, amend it to split up these two different discussions we're having because I think we could approve the uh, 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. meetings now and then 
discuss what we want to do about the public hearings after. Can, can I, can, is there any other discussion before we do that? I've had um, Commissioner Zatella had a comment as well. And then the general counsel has information. Sorry, Commissioner Eve, let's just, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I am not in favor of the one to three o'clock time because it's creating a two hour dead, dead time in between that I just don't think is efficient. I mean, what are we gonna do during that time just sit around waiting for a hearing? I mean, at least if we do two to four, then we have that time we normally are dedicated to press time to meet with the press and possibly, you know, grab some meat really quick if we want to. Um, whereas one to three, one everyone has to travel earlier and then we have this two hour gap where we're just not using our time, just wasting time, and then paying for facilities as well. Um, so I'm, not, I'm definitely not in favor of the one to three time. Um, and then the second part of that, I think if we're gonna be consistent, people who have already signed up have a specific amount of time, if we shift to five o'clock. This is the Michigan seven, Independent the Citizens Redistricting Commission Public Hearing in Dearborn, May the 3rd, 2021. Are we potentially going to butt up against the time we have to leave the facility? And then, two, we're giving people in certain communities more time to sign up than we've given the seven communities we've already had hearings at. So I don't know that I'd be comfortable with that either. Okay. Commissioner Eve. I'm sorry. <laughs> General Counsel. Thank you, Madam Chair. So some additional pieces of information from staff discussions about um, the options that were presented to the commission. The one to three start time uh, was suggested so that the commissioners would have a break to be able to eat prior to the press conferences starting. As uh, Vice Chair Zatella just noted uh, that the two to three, uh, the two to four, excuse me, would bring the commission up to the 4 p.m. press conferences. And then if the commission public hearing is extended to uh, five, moved earlier to five, then we wanted to make sure that the, I just wanted to highlight that point, that the one to three was for that hour break to be able to, to get um, refreshments or, or dinner prior to the start of the public hearing. Another key topic was in re relative to the public comment startup time. So we discussed with the MDOS staff members that um, in the, the benefit of them being at the public comment sign-up table, as to how many people generally sign up between 7.30 and 8 or 7 and 8. And they indicated that that definitely was the lull time. And if the commission would uh, recall in a few of our public hearings, our extended recess time was in fact to get us to the 8 o'clock public comment sign-up time uh, expiration. So I just wanted to highlight those pieces of information for the commission. And, and again, I'm available to answer any, any questions. Thank you, General Counsel. Uh, Commissioner Wagner and then Commissioner Lane. Um, Commissioner Lane, we had our hand up first. Commissioner Lane. Thank you. My only question, um, not now about the hearings, but about the meetings, I would ask if anybody considered, since the Ingham County extended their state of emergency till the end of June, if we have, say, our regular hearing, our, pardon me, our regular meeting, say on a Wednesday for four hours, and then use Tuesdays and Thursdays strictly 
for our public hearings because I know we've had a couple instances where our meeting actually took away time from our public hearing where people that came to give their testimony ended up sitting for like a half an hour or more. So could that also be an option for us? So we still have a motion on the floor. Um, so there would have to be, you know, we need to vote on that or at least a severe amendment at this point. Um, so I wanna move the discussion on the motion that we have first, if possible. Commissioner Rockmar. So I do have a question about um, the, so we're, I think what, what we're trying to do, we're, we're anticipating as we move into more populated areas, more, a need for um, more discussion. I'm wondering, do we have any requests from organizations? Is there any, let's say, additional data that the staff or that we do? We, do we know? Do we have an, a request from communities, or is this? I guess are we just making our best educated guess, so to speak? Uh, Commissioner Rothworth, the now that we're moving into more populated areas of the state, that was the consideration for extending that, the proposal to extend the meeting time to 5 p.m. And again, the three hour sign up time availability for public comment would be, we're rec staff is recommending that that be maintained uh, being an hour before and then the two hours, the first two hours of the, the, meet, the public hearing. Got it, so it sounds like we're, we, we think we know, we're anticipating, but we don't have necessarily requests. Is that, is that accurate? from, let's say, communities that are, that we're moving to. For the hearing, for the hearing, not for the meetings. For the hearing, so Commissioner Rutherford, I'm not aware of specific requests, but I do know in the stakeholder um, meetings and, and, and discussions that uh, your communications and outreach director has had uh, with, with different groups as we're going into these areas, the expectation is that there will be um, more people than in the past. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I, I want to build more trust. So I, I, I trust that we are going to have more people. And I, I think we want that. So we want to encourage it. And I'm just trying to make sure that we, that it does feel that we're balancing this, this fairness, right? Wanting to have some, some sense of um, fairness. And I, I guess I want to offer that in this respect, it feels like we should be responsive. And, and what I mean to say is we've learned some things, we're doing this for the first time, and to, to respond and sort of say, hey, look, we're going to adjust, even though we set it up until 8 p.m., even though we set it up and, yeah, said we were going to do it this way, it's advertised, it does feel important to learn and respond. And so I feel like if we, if we know that we're moving into more populated areas and we've had this experience, um, I think Commissioner Wagner said it very well, we can't know. And we, and we won't know the future either, but we have to make some sort of decision that feels like, for me, to encourage more public comment or to have that to, um, as we move into more populated areas, feels reasonable. It feels like it's, and I'll suggest it even feels like we're actually creating fairness. Commissioner Clark. Yeah, I'd like to amend the motion that you, um, continue the sign-up time for public comment to 8 o'clock as it stands today. Go ahead, General Counsel. Thank you. So, um, 
Commissioner Clark, I would recommend you, you would withdraw that motion. That is not currently on the table. The motion that's pending is to conduct on Tuesday and Thursday regular commission meetings from 1 to 3 p.m. and to move the public hearing start time from 6 p.m. to 5 p.m. That's the only motion that's pending. So the 8 o'clock time will stay in 10. That has not been proposed to be modified. Okay, this time. then I'll withdraw it. Thank you, Commissioner Clark, and thank you, General Counsel. Are we ready to vote? Oh. I was just gonna say, I wanna call the question. Okay. <laughs> All those in favor of the meetings being from on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'd like the porch full, please. Yeah, okay. Oh, can I still restate that? Wanna restate the motion, too? <laughs> I was gonna restate the motion. Okay, well, General Counsel, can you restate the motion again for the times? Yes, the motion pending before this body is to conduct regular meetings on Tuesday and Thursday from 1 to 3, and the public hearing start time at 5 p.m. And there... Thank you, General Counsel. All those in favor of the motion is stated with a voice vote or... So, can we have Michigan Department of State staff call roll for the voice vote? Thank you, Vice Chair Zatella. Absolutely, Madam Chair. To clarify, that was a call for a roll call vote. Is that correct? Yes. Commissioners, please indicate your vote with a yes or a no. I will call commissioner's name in alphabetical order, starting with Richard Weiss. No. Dustin Witches. Yes. Doug Clark. Yes. Juanita Curry. Yes. Anthony Eade. Yes. Brittany Keller. No. Rhonda Lang. No. Steve Lev. Yes. Cynthia Orton. Yes. MC Rockwell. Yes. Rebecca Satella. No. Janice Millett. Yes. Aaron Wagner. No. By a vote of eight to five, the motion carries. So the motion carries. We will now have our meetings um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 to 3 p.m., with the public hearing starting at 5 p.m. If I'm checking. during the public hearing cycle 7-1. Thank you, General Counsel. And now I think there needs to be just some discussion on what time we're taking. Well, I'll, I'll make a motion to change the uh, public comment time to move from 8 to 7 p.m. 
Motion made by Commissioner Witches. Is there a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Lane. Thank you, Commissioner Lane. Is there any discussion about the time being moved from 8 to 7 p.m.? Any further discussion? Commissioner E. Yeah, I would not be in favor, again, of uh, moving up the last possible time for people to sign up. I understand, uh, you know, the sentiment of wanting to keep the same amount of hours available for people to sign up, and this motion would do that. It would make it three hours, the one hour before the meeting and the two hours after the meeting starts. But I think in practicality, what is actually going to end up happening is you're going to have a lot of people uh, that might want to give public comment, but might be dissuaded because they feel like they might not be able to make it out in time to sign up. And uh, the last thing I would want to do is even create the potential of not hearing uh, from a member of, a, of the public that might want to tell us about their community. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner E. Commissioner Witches. Can members of the public register online beforehand, anyone? Yes. <laughs> but General Counsel, can you add more? Sorry, Commissioner Witches, could you repeat? I guess my, my statement to that would be I'm pretty sure that the public can pre-register online currently right now instead of just coming here to sign up. Correct. That's that's correct. And, and I would also recommend for clarity's sake uh, that the um, motion be amended to clarify that the public comment window to sign up would be from 4 to 7 p.m. And that is the proposed change. What it currently is, is five to eight. Again, with the past hearing starting at six. So that the, the, the I believe the intent um, may have been to, again, have it an hour earlier on the front end as well as ending at seven. Thank you, Madam Chair. And Commissioner Witches, apologize. Um, this is Sarah Reinhardt with the Michigan Department of State. Just to further clarify, members of the public are able to register in advance online um, for public comment, for virtual public comment. Um, members of the public are also able to RSVP in advance for in-person, um, but in order to register for public comment, they must still register at the table out front upon arrival. Thank you, Sarah Reinhardt. Any further discussion? Uh, I move uh, to amend Dustin's uh, motion to comply with what we are in fact doing. If we move it uh, to five, uh, we would begin opening uh, registrations for public comment at four uh, to make sure that everybody understands that. Uh, and so I would make that as a motion to amend, and then I would speak uh, against backing it up to seven. Uh, I don't think there's any magic uh, that we have. Uh, a, we've been having a two-hour open session for public comment. People would come in and sign up. Uh, I think that if we look back at it, I wasn't in on the discussions, but the 8 o'clock simply cut off.
so that at some point in time you had to have your name so that it would get done and we wouldn't be taking people uh, all night long until the very end. Uh, so there's, there's nothing magic about saying, well, we're going to do it from 6 to 8 or we're going to do it from 5 to 8. Uh, there's no reason we shouldn't have an open uh, window there, whether it's two hours or three hours or four hours. Uh, it's simply to cut it off at some point in time so that we're not there until 2 o'clock in the morning with people still signing up. I don't think it's unfair to the people that have been before. Uh, we have not had a, a super large crowd that uh, everybody wasn't able to sign up. Uh, and therefore, I think the, uh, the sign up, the cutoff at eight uh, is uh, fair and reasonable. Okay, Commissioner Lang. Can I get verification? Is there a motion to amend Dustin's and make it from 4 to 7 p.m. then? General Counsel, can you provide the clarification? Actually, Commissioner Lang ask the question before I could ask it for clarification. Okay, uh, they are and changing the time that you can come in and listening to them. I'm not sure how that's going to work, if that's good or bad. I'm trying to figure that out as I'm listening. So you wish to withdraw your motion to amend from the board of It was never seconded. I wish to clarify my motion. Okay, so the motion on the table by Commissioner Leck, the motion to amend is to have the public comment sign-up period for in-person public comment run from 4 to 8 p.m. for the public hearings that are going to occur through July 1st. Second. There's no further discussion on Vice Chair Stella. Yeah, I'm so concerned with the 8 o'clock is the, the reason for this entire exercise was a concern of staff that if we leave the 8 o'clock time that we could potentially run into a situation with one of the larger cities like Detroit that we're going to, or Grand Rapids, that we're going to run out of time that we have the facilities booked for. So if we go to 8 o'clock, we could potentially be going past midnight. So I feel like if we're keeping it the same, we're not really addressing that concern. We're really leaving that concern open that we could be in a situation where we hit midnight and we have to vacate. And people have signed up between seven and eight who are now not going to be able to speak or we're gonna to have to pay extra facility fees for overtime or in some cases we contracted in there. So I'm just concerned that we're, we're still not addressing that concern that our staff is telling us is an issue. Thank you, Vice Chair Santella. Any other thoughts? Well, I have a, a response to Rebecca that... Uh, Commissioner Lett, go ahead. The, I don't see where, if we cut them off at 7 or come off at 8, there's still going to be people that are going to want to talk to come off at 7. Those people aren't going to get to talk if we cut them off at 8, and we have that extra people lined up that will be able to talk. So either way, somebody's going to get the short end. 
and we get kicked out at midnight, but you get kicked out at midnight, and we can blame it on the facility. Well, well, in favor and staff, I would prefer the 7 o'clock time, but Commission, Commissioner Lang, and then I, I say that we, we vote in the essence of time. Commissioner Lang, go ahead. I was going to second what Rebecca said and ask that we call the question into a roll call vote. Okay, all those in favor of the... I, I need clarification on what we're voting on at this point, because I feel like there's a motion and then an amendment, and I'm, I'm not sure what we're voting on. So, and I'll have general counsel provide a clarification. So the first vote will be on the motion to amend. A commissioner has requested a roll call vote on the motion to amend. That motion to amend is to have in-person sign-up for public comment for the public hearings to occur between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Does everyone have clarification on what we're voting for? All those in favor of the motion as stated with the roll call vote by um, our Michigan Department of State staff, Sarah Reinhardt, take away. Thank you, Madam Chair. Commissioners, please indicate your vote with a yes or a no. I will call commissioners' names in alphabetical order, starting with Commissioner Witches. Yes. Doug Clark. Yes. Juanita Curry. No. Anthony Ede. Yes. Brittany Kellum. No. Rhonda Lang. No. Steve Lett. Yes. Cynthia Orton. No. MC Rothhorn. No. Rebecca Satella. No. Janice Follette. No. Aaron Wagner. No. Richard Weiss. No. By a vote of four to nine, the vote does not carry. The motion does not carry. Motion fails. So do I have another motion for a time frame for the public hearings? Which really would be from four to seven. Wouldn't it just go back down to mine, which was four to seven? The, the main motion, Madam Chair, was to move the 8 p.m. to 7 p.m. That was moved by Commissioner Witness, which just excuse me, and seconded by Commissioner Lane. Okay, so I'm sorry, we return to the main motion. And if the commissioner would like to amend this motion to start at 4 p.m. to encompass the 4 to 7 p.m., that would be appropriate. So I'll make that amendment. Thank you for the amendment, Commissioner Lettis. Commissioner Wagner, did you have something? No, I just moved that. Okay. Um, do I have a second on the amendment? Second. Second made by Commissioner Witches. Is there any discussion about the four to seven time frame? Any further discussion? And I'll turn the vote over to. I don't have to do that. Okay. That's okay. Okay. Roll call vote, please. I'm just gonna do it for you. <laughs> I know this group. I was gonna say for consistency. I'll turn it over to the Michigan Department of State Sarah Ryan for a roll call vote. My apologies. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Commissioners, please indicate your vote with a yes or a no. I will call Commissioner's name in alphabetical order, starting with Doug Clark. Before we start the vote, I just wanted to clarify the motion to amend that's on the table is to hold the in-person public comment sign-up starting at 4 p.m. It would add the 4 p.m. start time to the main motion of four, or of to through 7 p.m. So this is just on the motion to amend, Madam Chair. Thank you, General Counsel Peston. Once more, commissioners, please indicate your vote with a yes or a no. I will call commissioners' names in alphabetical order, starting with Commissioner Clark. No. Juanita Curry. Yes. Anthony Eid. No. Brittany Kellum. Yes. Rhonda Lang. Yes. Steve Lett. Yes. Cynthia Orton. Yes. MC Rothhorn. Yes. Rebecca Satella. Yes. Janice Ballett. Yes. Karen Wagner. Yes. Richard Weiss. Yes. Dustin Witches. Yes. By a vote of 11 to 2, the motion carries. Motion carries, which means that our public comment window will be from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. General Counsel, go ahead. So the motion to adopt, the motion to amend has been adopted, Madam Chair, which amends the main motion to read to in-person public comment sign-ups to occur from 4 p.m. through 7 p.m. for public hearings uh, through July 1st. Okay. The main motion was this has made been by the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. I'm going to try to bring to you the second half, if possible. I thank you for listening to Vote First Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Visit us at www.votevoice.com. I thank you very much for all your comments. And you have a nice day. 4 and 7 p.m. Bye. For the public hearing through July 1st.